Thank you for tuning in to Coppin' with Comic. I'm Brian Coppin, and we're here with comic Jeff Greenspan. Jeff Greenspan, how the hell are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Oh, good. It is time to first uh, plug what you got coming up so that people can find your your funny in New York City or online. Uh, Well, in New York City, every Saturday night at 1030, uh, there's a show. Uh, it's called the uh, Team Comedy Saturday Night Show, and Is we're that down. Climat Climat yep. Lounge. It's the called the K Lounge. Okay. Is the new name of it downstairs at okay. Climat. Yeah, but it's not fun- <laughs> it's not Funky Buddha or anything else. No, they, it's so was that just a different show that was coming out of Climat that's obviously inferior to your show? Well, you said that. I, I, <laughs> well, my words. I yeah, don't, I don't want to go on the record saying. Okay, that. yeah, some uh, podcast, some yeah, podcast host said that. <laughs> I don't know who did. There is another production company with a okay. different name that does lots of different shows and mics there, but that, oh, okay. we're not affiliated with them. Okay, and the name again is uh, Team Comedy okay. Saturday Night Show. It's every ten thirty. It's free, and if you register online at our website, teamcomedy.nyc, you can get a free uh, second beer. Oh, uh-huh. so that's pretty cool. And last night, it was an absolutely packed room with incredible comedians. We usually have about, you know, a dozen comedians every Saturday night. And you guys were there. It was a, it was a big crowd, and you guys were there, like, all night or something. How, li- how late does it go? Or how late can it go? You found out last night. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, it, it goes till about – it's supposed to end at 12, but if the audience is having a good time, we go to, like, 1230. Oh but God. then we hang out and, and do other stuff. So you can hang out with the comics. Yeah, the comics even let me hang out with them. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. And now, you are you the host? Or you, I mean, you're the producer, I'm one of the so producers you, kinda, you, you hire yeah. the comics. And what do you kind of look for in the comics that you're hiring? People who are really firing on all, all cylinders, or yeah, I mean, it's it's a you know, I, I co-produce it with uh, a guy named Tom Luciano and another okay. guy named Jason Choi, and there's a whole group of of us. We're just a bunch of comedians who started in New York around the same time, about three to four years ago. Oh, I'm, cool. I'm about three years in. That's pretty good for comedy. That means you're starting to. Really really find out who you are and your stuff is just hilarious <laughs> well the former certainly i'm starting to right. find out who i am and i'm watching my friends do that and my colleagues do that and oh really, that's cool it's really awesome so for them you can say that they're they're really starting to find the hilarious and, and they'll say it of you yeah i've always <laughs> thought these people are hilarious since, yeah. since i met them but yeah, otherwise you wouldn't <laughs> hang out with these people and how do you kind of find those crews coming up like you know you start out in open mics three four years ago and you start kind of looking for people who have humor similar to your own or just people you find funny because they're either doing observational or one-liners <clears> or what i mean what what I personally look for as people who have um, a, a point of view okay. and are talking about things that are important to them. Um, you know, I'm not. I, I don't. I don't want to really criticize other comics, but it is. It you know, I I'm I'm in a. I'm in open mics and and shows every single day for hours and hours and hours, and um, there there are a lot of comics talking about TV shows or movies or other people's work. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's striking to me how little of their own lives that they're talking about. So the comics that I tend to gravitate towards are ones who are talking about things that are personal to them. Yeah, and I like that too because – and also as a comic though, doing that is much safer, just talking about yourself because it's much harder for anybody to steal your shit. Like here's people online talking about, oh, you know, I, I gave, did that joke first. It's because it's Twitter. The minute any new event comes out, everybody has the same joke within five seconds. <coughs> and so there's yeah. a lot of parallel thought going on and no real stealing. But when it's you, only you can tell that joke. And kind of as far as from your point of view, what's, you know, what's a Jeff Greenspan joke? What what's what are things in your life that you're talking about? <laughs> well, I just want to comment on something you said. You said it was safer, and it's interesting. 
yeah, from if you think about it, it is safer to do things that are autobiographical because no one can really take it or 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 upstage you. Right. But it does require a higher level of vulnerability. Yeah. And it and and there's a lot of things that you're trying to do as a comic. You're writing, you're performing, you're you're um trying to figure out what a set is, you're trying to figure out your timing and then to also have to do the the searching on your own and then bring it in front of a group of strangers or even worse sometimes bring it in front of a group of comics you know to yeah, test it out first. That's even worse. So I understand the the impetus to go towards um Harry Potter. Yeah. <laughs> or whatever it is. Because everybody will laugh at that and you're not exposing yourself at all. Yeah. Also I'm, also I'm an old dude, I'm forty nine, so like I'm 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 not particularly as interested in pop culture. Also having worked in pop culture i'm not i think it's yeah. all very boring but to answer your question what's a uh yeah what's what the jeff greenspan <laughs> vulnerable what what kind of fi- stuff do you find yourself oh. exposing to people um you know vulnerability I, be damned i think the first thing that i ever or that i'm still trying i mean i'm i'm so new i'm not even you know i'm, I'm three years in and three years of, old right now three right? years old yeah. some some would argue not even a comic yet not oh, even no. not even a human being to a lot of comics yet you know yeah. but I mean, I'm a gay guy, and I I'm not particularly thrilled with being gay, and that's a um, uh, not because I think it's morally wrong or anything, just because I was raised uh, at a time when I was uh, saturated by media that told me it was really wrong to be gay, oh. and so I believed that. That was my source of information. Yeah, if you're 49, I think it was a little bit more prevalent when you were coming up, that kind of media slant. Yeah, every any gay person on television, at least, was portrayed as either having AIDS or being alone or being a criminal or oh, being yeah. um, uh, a victim or being lonely or, 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 or having no friends or not being able to be successful or being a pariah or being laughed at. The, the wacky neighbor... Yeah. Like you're too close for comfort. That's big, where it right? was never even called out as being gay, or Jack Tripper on Three's Company pretending to be gay. Yeah, and it was always a goof. The landlord would always make fun of. Him. It was always there was always some clear, either subtle or or not so subtle hint that this is not the way to be. Right. Um, and so now in our culture, we especially in New York and especially in comedy. Diversity is celebrated, the idea of being proud who you are, and I think that's fantastic. But right. it, there is a, there isn't a lot of space to talk from. I don't see a lot of people talking about being gay and being at odds with it. And the minute you were to go to go outside the New York City kind of comedy scene, you know, the audiences might you know, still need a little, you know, a little convincing that yo, you guys are the ones that are out of the zeitgeist or whatever that word is. <laughs> like you know, it's uh, you guys were also raised on the same TV I am, and it's time for for you to kind of open your mind to somebody hilarious who has this unique viewpoint. Like, do you find your you know, although it's welcome in the New York City scene, you know, have you kind of ventured out into other scenes and you found it was just yeah, that's well, why you you're know, talking about it not being easy. Like, because you know, you go to you know. I don't know Pennsylvania or something. Have you kind of played outside in New York City? And what uh, was your yeah. experience with that? I've, I've so far I've done Los Angeles, which isn't too dissimilar from New York yeah, in right. terms of the demographic of the audience. I've done right. Chicago again, a big city. I've done Toronto again, a big city. So I haven't. I'm not a road comic okay. yet. Uh, it's not something I've had an opportunity to do. Would you be uniquely scared because of, you know? I mean, would you be um, worried that your your comfort level would diminish any because you're talking to these totally not diverse audiences. <laughs> well, these white bread vanilla audiences. Well, I mean, I haven't met them yet, but Right, yeah, I, they're not all like that, but <laughs> yeah. let's say you just have a, you know, you're just in an awful part of the south or something where they're not welcoming at all. I mean, do you worry a little bit? Are you less likely to go on the road because of that? No, no. Okay. I and and my stuff isn't I mean, that's part of my material is about being gay 
not all of it, but the crux of it is not being comfortable with who you are. And I think anyone yeah. can relate to that in an audience, whether you're gay or not. We all, I think most people have experienced either while they're sitting in that audience or some other time in their life, not fitting in, wishing they could change something about themselves. Right. And you simply can't. You can work and work and work to try to change something about you. And at some point you have to accept something about yourself. Yeah. For me, it was being gay. For other people, it's something else. And if you present it like that, people in the audience would just be nodding along and be like, yeah, absolutely. There's something that I'm thinking about yeah. right now. Yeah. Or lynching you. One of the <laughs> <laughs> Well, now that's kind of back in the media and things like that. There was that slant. And let's talk about today. What we're going to talk about is, you know, that big media, the big, um, just the narratives that were probably on 2, 5, and 7, you know, whatever the network media was back in the day was one thing. And now they're still selling lies in America. Yeah. And they're still selling things like go to college. You know, my, the lie kind of sold to us was go to college <laughs> and, you know, take on all this debt and you'll make more money and you'll pay it off easily. Yeah. And I went all the way through law school. And so that's a shitload of debt that I'm not paying off. And so you're, you're you know, maybe your, your job security will be better. Maybe you will uh, make a little bit more money over the life of your career, but nowhere near enough to pay off hundreds of thousands of dollars. So kind of like what are any, you used to work in social media, you used to work in advertising. Who are the stakeholders who are pushing this message out or messages like this lies? And what do they get out of it? I suppose it's the student loan service. You know, the people who sell you mortgages, of course, they're like, well, you should buy a home. You know, it, you put equity into it. It's going to, it's the safest investment over time. But then you realize how much people pay in property taxes. It's insane. Like, I don't know how people yeah. um, have bought this lie for so long. So, Kenny, who are the stakeholders pushing this message and what do they get out of it? And what can we do to stop it? What can we do to stop it? But you're the guy to talk. Talk to well, if you're advertising in social media yeah. background, yeah. Well, you know, like I said, I, I was raised with a certain idea of who I was and what my worth was and what my identity was shaped by television. And that has shifted to social social media. Yeah, it's so new, new television. Whether it be, you know, I worked at Facebook for a while. I, I was the chief creative officer of BuzzFeed, which was the last real yeah. job that I had. And before that, I spent about 22 years in advertising. And I still dip into advertising when I need to make some money because I don't really make <laughs> money doing comedy. I make like 50 bucks a year doing comedy. Um, stake, who are the stakeholders? Well, I mean, that's a tough one to, to really answer because you never know who's behind, what's behind, behind the money, behind the money, behind the money, behind the money. Yeah. But my clients were very big clients like Pepsi and Walmart and AT&T and Nike. And so... Um, Developing and pushing those narratives. Uh, sometimes it seems as innocuous as just letting people know about a, you know, a, a Black Friday sale. Yeah. But if you really unpack what's going on with the Black Friday sale with Walmart, it is the destruction of community. I'm never going. I'm never going to work again now. <laughs> Walmart. I mean, the you work in comedy. You, you will work in comedy again, <laughs> just not advertising. Right? The things that these companies do, basically advertising puts a smiling face and a brand uh, uh, message in front of usually pretty horrendous acts that's the worst of it at, at its best it's selling you something you don't need right. or making you feel less than because you don't have something yeah. or because you don't look a certain way or because you don't fulfill a certain a certain uh, uh picture that's been painted and the interesting thing is now advertising has to now it's been it's been kind of smacked in the face so now their idea of showing you like just for instance we were never shown multiracial families or yeah. the just the idea that the man works and the woman does all these ideas have yeah. been i mean this is a very broad stroke i'm painting right now but um it is i talked to you a little bit off before we started talking about the, the lies and the the lies are that um i think 
the, the cumulative effect of watching all this, the amount of advertising and the messages that you see is that you are a, a consumer rather than a citizen. Yeah. And that you are pretty much disenfranchised and fairly powerless. And your way, your way to express yourself, your way to speak up is to buy something. Yeah. And even through some of the social media branding going on, they're getting in on the whole cause. It's almost like they're, they're jumping on certain causes. Uh, or, or like, you know, um, we are Patagonia we, or we're dick sporting goods. Mm. We no longer sell guns. Yeah. Well, that's great. You're mm. taking a stand maybe in the right direction but it's also you're profiting from it because you're mm. such a great corporate citizen. And meanwhile, you're doing other things like maybe exploiting labor force well, or people who's making the product at the manufacturing level. Well, it's funny you said Patagonia first. You may, okay. you may have taken it back. Yeah. But Patagonia is one of the few brands that actually uh, their behavior is... Uh, it's conservation, right? Like they're yeah. really good con conservation. Yeah. And their behavior okay. is actually quite respectable. Okay, good. Um, but that was one, that was one of the things I tried to, to tell the brands that I worked for is that it's not... You're, it's now. It's just like in a relationship. It's not what you say. It's what you do. Yeah. You could say what you want all you want, and the difference in, that an advertiser has rather than your significant other is they have billions of dollars in media, so they can make you believe something just by repeating it over and over and over and over again. Right. Whether that be that you're you're less than, or that they are more than. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And it's almost you would have to be. You have to dig through their public filings, their securities documents or whatever, and the analysts who do so to find out what they're doing instead of what they're just saying. Like, where is their money actually going? Well, like, those people have their own problem because they're captured. You know, they, they're in investment banks where the sell side is making all this investment banking business. So the analyst is, you know, doing all these buy recommendations. So everybody's conflicted. I can't believe you just said uh, they were captured because yeah, I don't captured. know if you know this. Do you know about this project I did? No. <laughs> so... Um, before I was doing uh, comedy, uh, a lot of my time was spent doing, um, <coughs> excuse me, um, pranks um, uh, or art projects or nice. uh, um, um, culture jamming projects that would get media. So basically, that would get media attention. I tried for a long time with different creative partners to take what I had learned in advertising and learn how to manipulate the media. How do you use images and words and 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 the theater of advertising to get people to pay attention to to things I felt were important rather right. than shoes or shampoo. And so what were some the successful manifestations well, of that? Well, one of the projects was called Captured, okay. which was uh, for uh, about a year, uh, my creative partner, Andrew Tider and I, uh, we uh, found people in prisons all across the country who had some artistic capability and we had them paint and draw portraits of people we feel should be in prison, which were the heads oh. of corporations that were oh. destroying a lot of the environment or society uh, or... Um, and and then we uh, we presented each portrait with two rap sheets. Rap sheets are a list of crimes. So we showed the crimes committed by the corporation, and then and we spent a year researching those crimes. It wasn't just like oh this company's bad. We yeah. like went through the Department of Justice files. And, oh like, wow! Did a, we did a lot of research, and then we showed the crimes committed by the incarcerated artist. Wow! And all those all those portraits are still online. You can find them at the thecapturedproject.com. Oh cool! And then we made a book. We uh, sold a hundred copies of a thousand copies of the book in about a week on online, and we made a you know over ten thousand dollars in profit, and we had given all that money to efforts to elect Bernie Sanders. This was wow. a few years ago, okay. and now the book just came out again as a soft cover. You can buy it at thecapturedproject.com, and Good. all the money from this round goes to uh, remove corporate influence over government. See, that is amazing. It sounds like, I mean, your comedy is actually. I mean, it's it's kind of you know effectively challenging the status quo in a meaningful way, and it's uh, hopefully this stuff is making its way into your act. <laughs> well, that's that's been tough because yeah, how have you been able to kind of take some of your your captured project success or insight and put it into your act at all, even if if one joke? It, 
it's very very hard because in the middle of a stand-up act especially with the amount of time i get it's it's completely not relatable for me to like for me to explain to you what i just said it's like he did what he made a project with people in prison like oh that's awesome though you explain it perfectly and it's really cool i hope people oh. go go get the book right <laughs> thanks but i have started just recently talking about um one of the other things we you touched on was like what's my comedy like right now the thing i've been, i'm working on is only recently did i start talking about working at facebook working up at buzzfeed m m the feelings i have about work I, I was happy when i worked at all these places by the way when i well <laughs> i was happy working at facebook at the time right. uh and i have a different perspective about what those actions of those companies are and yeah. what my contributions were and and what my interactions were, I had I had at the time quite a few interactions with Mark Zuckerberg. It was a different company; it wasn't as big as it yeah. is now. Um, and also the money that I've made, I, I've made a good living telling lies. And there's a frustration in in now trying to do comedy and tell the truth, and I can't make a dime. But yeah, but, <laughs> but now it's so cool that you can kind of coast a little bit on any nest egg you put in. Um, at early Facebook, not the evil Facebook, yeah. <laughs> and able to use that to do projects that are kind of, um, you know, not everybody can do that. Some people are just coasting on a nest egg. They're not, you know, making money to tell lies and then going out and using that money to tell the truth. And it sounds like you are via your stand-up and capturedproject.com. Yeah, they captured. And so the, the, the book that's currently on sale, and we'll wrap it up right now, mm -hmm. but if, if they were to buy the, the soft cover now, mm -hmm. will those profits go to Bernie Sanders or no. some other notable cause? No, the, it will go to a notable cause. Okay. We haven't found the charities yet because we're not even at the profit stage for this round of books okay. yet. But all the money will go. It's all on the website. All the money will go to organizations that are working to lessen corporate influence over government. Okay. Which and is so a, a across problem. candidates. It might not be yeah. Bernie. It, could it won't be candidates. It'll oh, okay. be charities this time. Okay. Yeah. And then one more time, um, where can people see you next? Well, every Saturday. Every at, Saturday. At, uh, free show. Free show. Climate Lounge, K Lounge. It's the K Lounge, which is team downstairs. Team Comedy NYC. Team Comedy. Com? Team Comedy .com, or they can come downstairs at 77 East 7th Street every Saturday night at 1030. Or they can go to jeffgreenspan.com and I've got my dates and other stuff there and clips and and they can see some of the projects like the capture project at oh, my good. website and also you're a good follow on twitter which is at jeff greenspan yeah, that's me yeah okay jeff cool greenspan. thanks jeff thank you very much okay thanks <laughs>